0: Well, hello and uh, welcome to my blog. Um, Great to have you with us today and I'm very uh, excited to have a good friend of mine um, here via the uh, wonders of uh, the internet, the wonderful Mr. Phil Woolfew. Hello, great to join you Tom. Hey Phil, great to have you uh, here today and um, Many of you will know Phil, but I guess for those of you who don't know Phil, Phil is uh, one of the leaders at um, a fantastic church in Bedford in England called the King's Arms. And um, I would guess that me and Phil probably have quite a few things in common, but one of the things that we've recently discovered we mutually have in common is a shared love for the wonderful nation of New Zealand. Yes, indeed. Oh, yes. Um, I guess my, um, my story as to how, I guess, it it, it became a, a nation that kind of lodged in my heart was was actually just really recently when I went on holiday there over Christmas for a month. My wife's sister and family live out there. And um, I guess I went for just a holiday, but something happened. Um, it's an incredibly beautiful country anyway, but something happened with regards, I guess, um, f- kind of catching the heart of God um, for both celebrating what's already happening there spiritually in the church but also starting to find myself I guess a little bit ambushed um, and caring more than I thought I would do about, about that nation and um, and that's something that therefore when I came back I thought well one of the first things I want to do is, is connect with Phil because Phil has got a long-term uh, not just call for serving the church in Bedford but actually for uh, attempting to serve um, particularly the kind of New Frontiers churches that are based at new uh, in New Zealand. So, Phil, what's your story? How come you kind of ended up um, having a bit of a love and a passion for New Zealand?
1: Yeah, I mean, it started, in, I guess, a number of years ago for me now. I was uh, an elder in a church in the northeast of England in Newcastle uh, with a good buddy of mine, Simon Finch. Yeah who one day uh, went on holiday to New Zealand and kind of came back with the call of God in his life to Mm. move there permanently. So uh, he hadn't been an elder for that long. We became elders at the same time. And then soon he and his family moved over to Auckland to start a church plant. So my kind of introduction to the Kiwi world really was by visiting Simon Mm. in, in the early days of that church plant and then really just starting to get to know some of the other leaders of the other churches uh, across the island, kind of North Island and South Island. Yeah, and so five or six visits later, just love the guys out there so, so much. Mm. Um,
0: incredible
1: stuff going on, and, yeah, they've just become very, very dear friends. So, yeah, I, I kind of fell in love with the place through falling in love with the people, really.
0: Wow, wow. I mean, I think I'm sure almost anyone listening to this would, even if they've never been there, um, would have at least a general kind of sense of New Zealand being something of an, a truly amazing place to 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 be and to and to and to see physically. Um, I guess when we think about spiritual things and the church and Christians out there endeavouring to, um, you know, demonstrate something of the love of Christ, what would be I guess some of the immediate celebrations that you particularly? Um, are aware of in, in in amongst the churches that you particularly uh, minister to, Phil?
1: Yeah, I, mean, I guess one observation in the churches that I uh, probably know a little better, so the churches in, in Wellington um, and and Auckland, Christchurch to a lesser extent. I guess I'm just very impressed by that, how they built real mm. family, real community.
0: Yeah,
1: church churches are real kind of mixed bag of kind of. Kiwis, locals, but also guys who felt the call of God from uh, particularly the UK to move across. And yes. I, I think that's sometimes a tough tough job to build family when you've got lots of diverse people, backgrounds, uh, but they've really done that brilliantly well. Mm. So I think incredibly hospitable churches, very warm, beautiful kind of values of kind of grace, loving the word, expecting for the power of God to break in. Um, so I think those are, these are some of the things I, I, I love. I, I think as well in, in Wellington specifically, um, I think Pete Hanari leads that church. He's done a brilliant job of creating a safe place for young guys to really grow in God. And so I've been very impressed by just the, kind of the culture of discipleship, empowering guys to kind of grow, uh, even kind of when they're young, really. So mm. those that, be some of, the, some of the standout things.
0: That's great. Yeah, I think... Uh i mean i i've only just begun to tip uh, dip my toe rather into uh kind of the church scene out there but i i just so concur with what with what you're saying and that passion for community and that passion to raise up others is just so so evident even um with the kind of limited time I, I i had when i was out there i guess following on from that when you think about the next season the next 10 20 years what are some of the things that I don't know. You find yourself dreaming might happen. What are the, some of the kind of aspirations that you and some of your friends out there would share for for the next season for for the churches in that in that nation?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately praying for another move of God right across the nation, which you know there there is a a real history of. Um, I was chatting to a friend in New Zealand this week. who's was telling me about. An incredible move of God amongst the Maori tribes. Right. Um, you know, where at the end of that move of God, it was reported about half of the Maori people would testify that they knew Jesus personally. Oh, wow. I mean, it was like, a, a, you know, a real genuine yeah move of God in that nation. So I think that that would certainly be a prayer that we begin to see that happen again mm. in a kind of widespread way. Uh, I guess as well, high in the agenda would be uh, church planting. So mm. new kind of, kind of missional move, particularly kind of into the big population centres. So Auckland, obviously, yes. half the population of New Zealand lives in Auckland. It's wow. the kind of financial heart, the financial capital, yeah. place where a lot of kind of the culture and influence comes from. And, you know, it's a massive place ripe for lots of churches to be planted, mm. um, as well as some of the other places across both the North and the South Islands. So right. I guess a prayer would be God send workers, call people, raise people up to go, mm. um, whether that's from within New Zealand itself or from you know other places across Europe. Um, that would be a big prayer. I think just a big push for kind of mission yeah. and seeing the gospel advance.
0: I guess kind of following on from that, I mean, uh, some people listening to this would have been to New Zealand and would be familiar with what we're talking about. I guess many might not be, but might have something of a fascination for the country in general, but also maybe specifically with regards sort of you know Christianity and the church, what are there any specific um, challenges perhaps that you think building church in New Zealand um, faces uh, that are maybe different to what some of the guys listening to this might be used to?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I, I mean, my observation is that I mean, obviously, is it Culturally, it is very, very different. Mm. I mean, it's a very outdoors culture. Yeah. Um, so there's, you know, it's a beautiful place to live. Mm. Um, you know, whether it's mountains or water or volcanoes or, you know, sports. I mean, it's very kind of outdoors culture. I think probably one of the unique challenges is a kind of a living for the weekend culture. Lots of the population kind of almost emptying the cities, going right. out to kind of beautiful places. Which of course is fantastic. I think there's a challenge there as well in how do you build community? Mm. Uh, what is kind of what does it look like to kind of love your neighbour and build deep friendships? Mm. Um, I think you know the, the, the kind of the pull of um, you know how you how you do kind of mission in that kind of context. Yeah. I think it's probably a unique thing, and obviously geography would be another massive mm. kind of cultural distinctive in the you know you are literally the other side of the world if you're in the uk and you move there you you pretty much can't go much further before you start coming back again yes yes um so it's a long way so i think the geography it says isolation yes i think if you're you're going you you want to go you know with friends in community Mm. with a sense we're, we're going to join something on the ground um you know and I guess that's where things like technology become increasingly important. You do stay connected, you stay well fed. Yes, um, so I think that would be unique just because it's so far away.
0: Wow, yeah, I mean, I couldn't believe how many British people were there. Um, and it's, it's extraordinary to be 13,000 miles away and yet to feel, in some ways, culturally, this is more similar to Britain than I don't know, going to France or you know, somewhere much nearer. I mean, it's quite breathtaking. And I, I, I think, I don't know, for any people who are maybe listening to this thinking, I just wonder if there's a slight chance God might have it up his sleeve for me to go. And I guess maybe if you are British, I guess one of the things I would encourage you to consider in this is that there's these cultural differences, like you said, Phil, but there's also, I don't know how to put it, but there's, I wonder if there's this connection in history that means a landing uh, for people who might go might be just that tiny bit more gentle and doable emotionally um, because of the fact that, you know, when they hear your British accent, they're not surprised. And so Uh although you're far away... Uh, you know, in distance, it's almost like, it, I don't know, it kind of felt like Britain on steroids, you know, kind of like, um, you know, the green and the beauty, but also the kind of sheer scale of it. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, I guess just one other final practical thing. I don't know if you've got any wisdom, Phil, on uh, on how people might get there if they were, if they're not from New Zealand and they think, I'd love to go out there and maybe live there for a while and test, test any waters, any wisdom on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I I guess, you know, check in with kind of immigration, see what the kind of current criteria is for getting in. There's a point scoring system. So um, particularly if you've got a kind of skill or a trade, so if, you, you know, you're a doctor or a nurse mm-hmm. or an engineer or an uh, electrician, or right. a, I mean, something like that, if you've got a skill or trade, that will massively go in your favour. So they're kind of actively looking to recruit people in to the nation who have skills. So it's worth checking out kind of immigration mm. uh, in New Zealand to, to, to see how that works. Um, you know, I think as, as well, I don't know quite what the exchange rate is at the minute. It was much favourable kind of a decade ago than it is now. <laughs> um, yeah. Certainly, cities like Auckland be very much on the kind of pricier end. Right. Um, depending on where in the city you, you kind of move. So obviously uh, less less expensive in, in kind of other parts of New Zealand. So yeah. I can, yeah. checking out your finances, doing your homework, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, but definitely doable. Uh, it's not... Mm. My my impression is it's certainly not as rigorous or as difficult as, say, mm. moving to the States, which I think is a very long process. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's quite that arduous. No,
0: no. Uh, uh, New yeah. Zealand. I think one of the other things that um, struck me was, I guess because it's... Um, you know, population-wise, uh, around 4 million, I think. Is that right, for the whole nation? Yes, yeah, something, like something like that. There's a there's a sense that even amongst the churches, although they're um, spread across a physically large country, there's a desire to to work together and to be unified and to do things as one, as one sort of big family, which I think was a really wonderful thing to pick up on, sort of, in the air. So... Listen, Phil, I I know we could talk all day, but time is slightly escaping us. I wonder if maybe you could close us in prayer um, sure. and then we can kind of amen with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Father, we just thank you for the great nation in New Zealand and just to put
1: all the purposes in your heart for that part of our planet. And we just pray right now, Jesus, for a move of God in that nation. We pray mm. for acceleration in the growth of churches, the health of churches, the strength of churches, but also a real missional move out into uh, different cities and towns across the nation. We just we just pray, call people, bring workers. We thank you that there is yes. nothing wrong with the harvest. Thank think you said the harvest is ripe, it's ready to go. Uh, there's no place on this planet too difficult for you to reach but you Mm. did say to ask you for workers and so we just ask you for that together right Mm. now send people who are called to serve that nation and see it prosper and see it come into uh just the beauty that the gospel brings to a nation when it lands Mm. we just Pray for that today in Jesus' name. No, thank you for every church that's there already. And we just ask you to have your hand upon them, empower mm. them, strengthen them, yes. protect them, Father. Yes, We ask that in the mighty name of Jesus.
0: Oh, amen. 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 And and I guess if there's anyone listening to this from New Zealand, we just want to say we love you guys so much. We love you guys. We you love going? you. And yeah, well. yeah we, we are praying for you. So, Bill, thank you so much, mate. Um, we would so appreciate your time and your wisdom, and uh, let's watch this space. And um, if you do feel like you want to kind of, I don't know, um, get in contact with Phil and perhaps ask him some more questions or or connect in some way, there'll be um, an email address that you can that you can use uh, at the bottom of the blog. So bless you, Phil. Beautiful. Thanks, my friend. Okay. Thanks so much.